Hello and welcome to COS Live. You can watch the original video broadcast live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. Visit conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's COS Live. Well, hello, COS supporters. Welcome back to another edition of COS Live. My name is Andrew Lush, and of course, I am joined by the wonderful, the lovely Rita Peters, who is my co-host, but she's also the Senior Vice President for Legislative Affairs. Rita, it is a pleasure to be back with you. It's been a long time since I was with you. How have you been? How are you today? I've been well, but I've been missing you, Andrew. So glad you're back on the program. And I want to wish you and all of our viewers a very happy Valentine's Day today, right? Yes, yes. Happy Valentine's Day to all of our wonderful supporters. We love you so much. Let us know where you're tuning in from. Drop us a comment. Uh, it helps to know where you're coming in from. And while you're at it, push out this this Facebook Live, do, do it through Rumble, uh, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you're tuning in from. That's how we help grow the show. And of course, that's how we get more people involved in this noble cause to call the very first Article 5 Convention of States. So Rita, today we're going to be catching up on some recent legislative activity. We're going to be watching the Wyoming Senate debate. It was the third reading. We're going to uh, catch up on that because unfortunately we didn't get to live stream it. Uh, we have a new edition of COS Now to get our supporters in the know of everything COS related. But Rita, before we get to all of that, we have our Article 5 trivia giveaway with none other than Mike Ruthenberg. So Mike, over to you. Thank you, Andrew and Rita. It is great to be here. Great to join another COS Live. Well, I've lost count of how many, but there are a lot. And I wonder, you know, I've never really looked back to see all the people that are winning the prizes from COS Jury, if there's like a couple of people that are winning them all, if they're just going all over the place. But in either case, if you happen to like pocket knives like I do, and you would like to have your own, very own COS pocket knife, it is so cool. It's called the TAC Force. It has a little seatbelt cutter, a glass breaker, and assisted open. Love this knife. I carry it all the time. And you can win it if you win our COS trivia. But if you don't, you won't believe what an amazing deal it is right now over at shopconventionofstates.com. That's the COS store. That's where you can get some cool merch, a shirt. You can get a knife. You can get almost anything that you want or need. And you can wear it around town and make sure people know that we have the only solution as big as very big as the problem that is resonating throughout our country. People will, they'll pick you out everywhere once you have the stuff. So go to shopcos.com and if somebody needs to borrow your knife, you hand it over to them, they go, oh, cool, COS, tell me about that. So now we're gonna jump into COS trivia. This is a great, great question, courtesy of producer G. This is a great question, you know, last week, Here's our question, was the birthday of our 40th president, who was that president? Well, if you're not just getting it right off the top of your head, here's a hint. He said this, fortunately, our nation's founders gave us the means to amend the constitution through action of state legislatures. Hmm, that sounds pretty good. Unless we act quickly, we the people in the White House and those running Congress will bankrupt America. That's my question, I'll be back a little bit later. Take it away, Andrew and Rita. Thanks, Mike. Well, Rita, before we go to our, uh, before we get to the Wyoming Senate, uh, let's see some history being made. Here's the latest edition of, of uh, the COS Now that shows you what's going on 
across the nation with the Convention of States movement. The Wyoming Senate passed the Convention of States resolution by a vote of 17 to 13 last week, making it the first chamber to pass our Article 5 application in 2023. What's wrong in America, why we don't have a balanced budget, why we can't seem to get fiscal reform, uh, war powers, there are lots of things we could talk about. I'm excited about that. The Senate passed the Convention of States bill. Lawmakers say if enough states rally together, discussions could move Congress to consider more of the state's influence over federal say, ultimately allowing for more authority within their own states. The resolution will now make its way to the Wyoming House before it can achieve final passage. A Convention of States supporter reached millions of Americans by calling into Hannity's TV show. Um, okay. You know, I know that you have endorsed the Convention of States. Uh, along I with uh, uh, Pete Hegseth, and I really think that that's the only thing that's going to take this uh, country and put it back on the right track. The guy that, that really is the expert on it is the great one, Mark Levin. He wrote a book about it, and we went over it in great specificity and detail. A lot of states have signed on to it, not quite at the number we need yet. The Convention of State's Kentucky team held a rally in the Capitol Rotunda in Frankfurt with Senior Advisor for Convention of State's Rick Santorum and Rick Green of Patriot Academy. Meanwhile, the Maryland and Oklahoma teams also held events at their state capitals, with more states doing the same later this week. Valentine's Day marks the fourth anniversary of of Arkansas joining the Convention of States movement, number 13 to do so. We love you too, Arkansas. Arkansas is one of 19 states that have already joined the movement by adopting our Article 5 application calling for Convention of States to propose one term limits, two fiscal restraints, and three other limits on federal overreach. An additional 18 states are considering that legislation in the 2023 legislative sessions with more expected to follow. And now you're up to date with Convention of States. Thank you so much, Producer G, in the background, putting together that latest episode of COS Now. Rita, I want to get your reaction to this latest episode. Well, I'm just thrilled to see things moving for Convention of States all over the country. You know, our grassroots are out there. They are active. I've never seen anything like it. They're so inspiring and it's so encouraging to watch. You know, also such a thrill to see um, the rally in Kentucky and a group there. Um, but I have to say, of course, my favorite part of that was the Wyoming Senate passage. That, that is a huge deal. It was just, you know, such a source of joy for me and so many other people to see the Wyoming Senate pass the resolution. Of course, we're going to um, listen and watch a little bit of that in Wyoming in just a few minutes. But before we do, Andrew, what was your favorite part of the clips? My favorite part was the CEO supporter getting on Sean Hannity's show. I love the the courage that our grassroots has, uh, always going up to uh, people like Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, Pete Hegseth, so many people at Fox News and other uh, you know, big personalities and talking about convention of states. It's just so cool. And I remember in the Tucker Carlson interview with Mark Meckler, Tucker was saying, all these people are coming up to me talking about convention of states. Have you heard about it? Have you heard about it? And so I just love that our grassroots, they're our biggest champions out there. We can have as many endorsers, uh, we can have several endorsers, hundreds of endorsers, but really our grassroots, they're the bread and butter of this movement. And they're the ones who are going to get us across the finish line uh, one day. Yeah. Andrew, I would say the, the word that comes to my mind today when I 
watch and, you know, see our grassroots out there. It's energy, so much yeah. energy and it's positive energy. You know, South Carolina sponsor representative Bill Taylor calls us happy warriors. And that mm -hmm. is what our grassroots army consists of. We are happy warriors. We are doing our duty for this country, doing our part to save America for future generations. And mm. I'm just so proud when I watch our people doing all the great things they're doing. Yes, happy warriors is the perfect way to describe them. We have some happy warriors in Wyoming right now. You mentioned it, that it's going over <laughs> to the house now. Uh, and right now we're going to talk about the, we're going to play for our audience who missed it, the, uh, the third reading uh, that happened in the Wyoming Senate. Can you just get our audience caught up a little bit? Because there were several readings that happened and just explain the process in Wyoming. Yeah, so there are three readings. First reading is, you know, the formality introduction. On second reading, our resolution passed without objection. And what was expected to be a formality on the third reading became a real debate. The vote ultimately was 17 to 13 in favor of Convention of States. Now our application will make its way through the House side of the Wyoming legislature for final passage. And this is a little bit of breaking news, Andrew. Just today, we've been assigned to the House Revenue Committee. So that's the first step on the House side now is getting assigned to a committee. We'll have to have a hearing debate in that committee, just like we did on the Senate side, and then it'll go to the House floor. So the question on everyone's mind right now is, will Wyoming be the 20th state to join the movement? So stay tuned for that. Also, um, just a quick, quick heads up, our viewers, viewers are going to want to tune in to a special edition of COS Live tomorrow. In Kansas, a House committee is expected to hear our Article 5 resolution at 10 a.m. Eastern time. That's tomorrow, Wednesday. And we have none other than the great Mike Ferris ready to testify remotely for that committee hearing. So we'll be bringing it all to you via live stream. You'll want to tune in tomorrow around 10 a.m. Eastern time to catch that. And I believe we're going to be first up in that committee hearing tomorrow. So exciting, Rita. Can't wait to see the grassroots. Can't wait to see Mike Ferris. But until then, let's let's see some history being made. Let's watch this uh, Senate debate in the Wyoming uh, in the Wyoming legislature on our Article, article Five application. 11, Convention of States, sponsored by Senator Larson, a joint resolution requesting Congress to call a convention for proposing amendments to the United States Constitution as specified. Thank you. There are no amendments. Senator Ide. Go ahead, sir. Thank you, Mr. President. This Convention of States, um, struggling with this, you know, many on both sides of the argument have the same objective. Um, it's a tough one. But there's a book. I don't know, a lot of you in this room have probably read it. It's called The 5,000-Year Leap. So the subtitle to, on that was- be careful about proper names, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse sorry. me, Go ahead. Mr. President. Anyway, the subtitle on that was Miracle That Changed the World. Those were our founding documents. Uh, 
I'm one of those in the camp that is, you know, I think we're playing with fire here with, with this resolution. And I don't know. I, you know, we're, we're uh, kind of at odds with people we'd normally be allies with on this resolution. I just want to give two statements here. Uh, I've got them written out. I can probably deliver them a little bit better by reading them. And um, the first one is Article 1 and Section 8. You all know it. You all probably know it better than I do. List the powers specifically, specifically enumerated to Congress, including what is allowed to spend, what it is allowed to spend on. If members of Congress obeyed these strict limitations already imposed on them, not only would we balance the budget, but we'd have a surplus negating any need for a balanced budget. And the last one is, this is the one that kind of hits home with me strongly, is you know, we're told that three-fourths of the states would stop the ratification of any bad or radical constitutional amendments proposed from a convention. But we have to remember Three-fourths of the state legislatures also <clears throat> approved both the progressive income tax, the 16th Amendment, and the direct election of U.S. Senators with the 17th Amendment. Those are the reasons, or a few of them, why I'm on and against this bill. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you. Further discussion? This is on Senate Joint Resolution Number 11. Senator Biden. Thank you, Mr. President, or Vice, or former President. Uh, just to give the point counterpoint to my good friend, I, I totally respect my friend and, and everything he says, but I heard some debate on Committee of the Whole that I didn't get up and talk about because we honestly have debated this to death, but there are some things said that I don't think were historically accurate. One being that the original document was perfect. Uh, that original document provided for slavery. We had to come back and fix it with amendments to the Constitution. Um, it didn't take into account women's right to vote. We had to come back and amend that through Article 5, but the first clause of Article 5, which is Congress. Um, we had a president that wore out his welcome with four terms. We decided that wasn't going to happen again, so we, in 1951, through Article 5, Congress proposed an amendment to limit it to two terms for the presidency. So the original document wasn't perfect. Um, we also had to figure out what to do when a president dies. That was through Article 5. Congress proposed the amendments, kicked it to the states. Um, so there's a lot of things that need to be fixed along the way. Um, I see issues now that need to be fixed along the way in our time, such as I would love to see a single subject amendment for bills like we have here in Wyoming that we're proud of. If Congress had to pass a single subject bill like we do, we would get rid of all the omnibus bills. Uh, I think that would be a huge fiscal restraint on Congress without necessarily doing a balanced budget amendment. Um, term limits. Congress is not going to use Article 5 to propose an amendment to limit their own terms. We'll be here forever debating this till we're blue in the face, and that's never going to happen. The only way term limits is going to happen for members of Congress is for us to limit them. And that would be the states to do that. So 
So just a little pushback on the fact that the, the original document, although as great as it was, needed to be amended as we went along. All we're talking about is let's go propose some amendments that could be useful in today's times, the ones I just specified, and let's go talk about those, Mr. Mr. Former President. Thank you. Thank you. Further discussion, Senator Case, and then to uh, President. So uh, we're not the first folks to talk about this, uh, Mr. Chairman. It's been a source of debate in our country for since the writing of the Constitution. And in the, uh, you know, the first 20, 25 years after the Constitution was ratified, um, people struggled with what this means, exactly what this means. They went to the list of enumerated powers under Section 8 of Article 1. And you all have heard this, to borrow money, to regulate commerce, uh, to constitute tribunals inferior to the Supreme Court, to punish piracies, to provide and maintain a Navy, to make rules for the government, to provide for calling forth the militia. There's a lot of very specific enumerated powers. But, um, Mr. President, it also says, to make all laws which shall be necessary and proper for carrying into execution the foregoing powers and all other powers vested by this constitution in the government of the United States or in any department of office or officer thereof. That necessary and proper clause is the big thing that people fought about in the like around 18, 19, 18, 18. They fought like two dogs about that, to be honest, and state legislators were mad, they were angry, they were very uh, disappointed that Congress was exceeding the Section 8 powers. They wrote all sorts of treaties. They took um, uh, the United States to task and took a case to the Supreme Court and it was McCullough v. Maryland. And that had to do with the National Bank. And everybody said, we need a bank. We all agree we need a bank. Pretty much everybody agreed on that. But they didn't agree that Congress had the power to establish a bank. And that's what the Supreme Court litigated, Mr. Uh, Mr. Chairman. John Marshall was the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. And he wrote, the court ruled that the bank indeed was necessary and proper. And they wrote volumes about what does necessary really mean? Does it mean like absolute necessary, no other alternative? And they talked about what is proper. And they, they grappled with this and grappled with this. And they came out and said, necessary doesn't mean absolutely the last resort. And so that was a tool for the court through interpretation. And you don't want anybody else interpreting the law. You don't want the legislature interpreting the law or the states interpreting the law. You want the courts. That's why they're there. That's their job. And they're elected, or they're not elected, they're selected to be immune from public opinion so they can do a good job. But they said the bank was necessary and proper for the conduction of business in the United States of America. Big thing. Now it's going on and on and on, and there are volumes of opinions. But the Congress now, because the Supreme Court has ruled, they can't change that. They can't change the meaning of the Constitution. The Congress can't do that, except for by amendment. 
State, leg state legislators can't either, except for by the Article 5. So if we have areas that we feel that the interpretations by the court legitimately entered into have gone too far, we only have one recourse. There's actually two. We could get the Congress of the United States to propose the amendment, and I think that was discussed. But we all know that the Congress is a political animal. Just by its nature, it is. So, Mr. Chairman, I think it comes down to the powers given in Article 5 to our state legislatures. We need to do this. We are mighty because we constitute one of 13 states that could say no. And I have no doubt that that power will be used mightily and wisely. But I also think this exercise would be very good for the United States of America. We talk about our founders. We talk about what government should and should not be doing. And we would realize that in delegates appointed by state legislatures all across our great land, a true rebirth of the country, Mr. Mr. Uh, Chairman. And so I'm encouraged by this, and I thank you for your indulgement. Thank you, Senator Case. Okay, let's go over to the president. And President Driscoll. Thank you, uh, raising on for, and I'm not gonna hash out. We've been through this back and forth a whole lot. I won't say a whole lot other than to say, for any of you that challenge whether it's there or should or shouldn't be, I encourage you to go read the Federalist Papers and read the Constitution. It's called Article 5 for a reason. If people thought it out very, very well, and it's not just an article that got stuck in there. There was extensive debate of why it should be there. And it's there for exactly what's happening right now. The entire country, I don't care what side you're on, feel like they've lost control and the federal government's out of control. They're not going to control themselves, folks. They are not going to control themselves. So you can go back to the example I made. You can either sit here and wait until we crater and hope for the best, or you can actually make an effort to change something. And without an effort, you can be assured of the same outcome. We'll have a wreck. Maybe, the, maybe our former government survives, maybe it does not, but we will have the wreck. If you've been watching what's going on with the debt, there's a little fight going on right now. Uh, Mr. Chairman, it's, pretty much a given that we're gonna go till we hit the wall. The only stop is gonna be when the states stand up and fight for what they believe in and what their people believe in. That's what this does. So you can either do nothing and wait for the wreck or actually try to do something affirmatively to correct a wrong. And I encourage you to correct the wrong, vote yes. Thank you for the discussion. Back to the floor leader, then up to Cole. Senator Cole, let's go floor leader first. No, it looks like he's deferred to you. So, Senator Cole, what's yours? Thank you, past president. Um, I'm going to stand up here and take a little bit different tact. This is a vehicle for change. I mean, we, we talk about, oh, you know, people aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing at the federal level. The place is on fire. And here we are trying to deal with something that won't change by their acts. This is a vehicle to have change. I'll propose that the mere fact that enough states sign on to this uh, convention of states 
will in fact entice the federal officials to do something because they absolutely will not want us to take charge. So this is a vehicle for change, either directly or indirectly. But it's a, it's a positive for us, it's a positive for us to talk about what we don't like about the federal level, because we can pontificate about what, what they're supposed to be doing. And I agree with what people have said. They are supposed to be doing that, but obviously that is not working. And it's a fool's errand to continue to do the same thing over again, expecting a different result. So if you want change at the federal level, this is our vehicle. It's the first best thing that I've come to understand in front of us, and I support this. Thank you, Mr. Past President. Thank you. Back to the floor leader. Prime sponsor, be thinking about if you want to speak. Go ahead, Mr. Floor Leader. Yeah, Mr. Chairman, I, I think it's only right and proper that we should debate this issue here. No different than the original debate. So this came out of the Constitutional Convention, if you read the minutes from that. And in fact, it went on and James Madison penned in Federalist number 43, the, the, the purpose for the Article 5 and which he said, we can't foresee the purposes for which the Constitution doesn't understand today and for what trials that you may have in the future. But he also penned and says, it is an immutable truth that we've made it very difficult to amend the Constitution, but yet we must provide an opportunity for those cases for when the states, not the general government, compelled to do so, Mr. President. So we go on and we look at, at, at Federalist number 85, uh, penned by um, Alexander Hamilton, and, and he reiterates the need for Article 5. But Mr. Chairman, this debate didn't start here. It started in 13 houses in the original 13 colonies to ratify the Constitution of the United States. And I guarantee you, if you go back and read those debates, they were robust. They talk about the need for Article 5. We're an extension of those original conversations and those original debates and those founders and each one of those states that ratified the Constitution felt compelled, Mr. President, to include this as a provision for a time that they knew they could not foresee the difficulties that were gonna be faced with the general, what they called the general government or the federal government and provided that vehicle. But it is a very dif difficult vehicle to use, Mr. President. So I just think we need to understand that this has been well debated. This is the original debate. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, further discussion? Let's go Rothfuss and then to uh, Larson. Go ahead, Senator Rothfuss. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. On and against the bill, it is an interesting debate and, and one that I appreciate us having, but there are some assumptions that go into this debate that lead to the support for an Article 5 convention that I don't know that they're sound. One of those is that there is universal agreement on specific amendments to the Constitution that would solve these problems that we see. Uh, we have a near 50-50 split that's heavily polarized. There's a lot of acrimony at the national level, uh, a lot of debate. It, it doesn't seem to me, Mr. Chairman, that the core problems that we're facing right now stem from constitutional shortfalls. I understand that everybody in here if I were to ask for a list of 
complaints about the Constitution would be able to develop something, right? We've all got some gripes for the U.S. Constitution in some way or another that we want to fix. The challenge is, if you do that survey all across the country, you don't get the same list. Our concerns about the U.S. Constitution tend to also be political. We raise some of them in this chamber, some of those pass here, they don't pass elsewhere, but the idea that there's unanimity in desire to change certain aspects of the U.S. Constitution underlies this belief that by simply calling an Article 5 convention, reasonable people will assemble, they'll put together a list of constitutional amendments, and then everything will go well. So even under the circumstance that we don't have anything to worry about, about an, a constitutional convention, that it, it won't go off into the weeds or off the rails or whatever the case may be, uh, the reality is we have an expectation that since we haven't been able to solve all of our problems in any other way, that if we just get to the Constitution, we'll be able to solve them. Mr. Chairman, nothing about our current situation suggests that the current nature of humans nationally, internationally, are going to be resolved by an Article 5 convention. And again, the idea that we can assemble a group of luminaries that is capable of transcending the work that we're doing here and in all the chambers throughout the country and in Congress, that they will rise to the level of our forefathers that built our Constitution, worked on the Bill of Rights, and, and created this basis for our government that has sustained us for all of these years. The idea that we can assemble that group and get them together to resolve our problems is hopeful, and it's a hope that I would love to share, but I don't know who that group is. I just don't know where they are, Mr. President. I have not met them. I wish they were out there. And if they were, I, I wish we would all you know, surrender seats in this chamber and in Congress and in the Senate and recognize that we do have a population of learned scholars that is capable of resolving our problems. But until we have that group, I'm uncomfortable with the idea of assembling for the purpose of changing the Constitution that has at least brought us this far and offers us solutions. Mr. President, I think we can all come up with legislation drafts at the federal level or at the state level individually that leads us to solutions. I think each of us can do that. I see no insurmountable oversights or barriers to the U.S. Constitution. The only barriers I see are in Congress and in state houses like this one. We create our barriers. They are human challenges. They're not constitutional burdens. We can put together constitutional amendment proposals and we can circulate those to Washington, D.C. We can send them to our federal delegation and say, we want these changes to the Constitution. If they're good ideas and have traction and they're universally supported, they would be adopted, Mr. President. The challenge is 
they're not universally supported. On and against. Thank you for the discussion. And let's go back to the sponsor. Oh, Senator Bouchard. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. You know, there's a lot of things that I disagree with the fine senator from the Ivory Tower. This is not one of them. You know, we talk about a balanced budget amendment. It sounds good, doesn't it? Go look at the European countries that have a balanced budget amendment. They just raise taxes. Doesn't fix a problem. Heck, I don't know whether they'd raise taxes or they'd just print more money. But they would do one of those too if you gave them a balanced budget amendment. As far as, and look, I'm going to say this, I know I'm going to get all kinds of arrows in my back, but I've, I've studied term limits very closely. And you look at the state to the south of us, it wasn't long till they took out every one of the conservatives in that state on term limits. And some of you may not like what I'm going to say here, conservatives are hard to find. They're not the ones that are getting elected to office. They're not the ones leaving their jobs and their families going to run for office. So there's even been studies on term limits. And what happens when you get rid of competitive races, when you have people that say, eh, I'm just going to wait till that person's termed out and then I'll run for office. You got rid of people that are going to challenge what, what has happened when they were in office. When that happens, it's proven that the executive branch gets more power. This is this is been, has been studied, and see, we have an organization that's run by a couple of people out, in, out of the Golden State who have never done anything for their state, but yet they're raising money on the, on this issue. I feel strongly about this, enough that I'm going to call them grifters. And I don't think that's my, and, that, and, and see, anytime you have legislation where friends are fighting, there's a problem. There's something wrong. And maybe because grifters are leading the fight. And that's where, that's where everybody needs to slow down here and look at what's really going on. We may disagree on a lot of different policies. And we do. We do that. We can't even, we can't even settle a, a tax and spend issue. How are we going to take a group of people from all over the country and think they're going to go and sit down and come up with reasonable solutions? I don't think it'll happen. And I certainly don't want to open the door to the unreasonable solutions that they, they will suggest. And there, there has been resolutions in some states already to abolish the Second Amendment on a, on, a, on a convention. Why would we want to go there? On and against, I'll, I'll rest my case. Senator Brennan, go ahead. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. 
federal government in my 41 years has grown and grown. And it left me wondering, what is there for my children and my children's children? About a year ago, I was sitting up in the House chambers watching a vote on convention of, on this resolution because it was a good opportunity for me to show my daughter how government works. We've heard a lot of arguments, but voting yes on this, it's a vote for our children and their children and their future. Thank you. Thank you, further discussion? Okay, let's go back to Senator Larson. Did you want to say something? Nope, okay, it's good. Ready for the question? Question being called. Roll call. Votes of resolution. I've been read two separate times. The question is, shall the bill be read a third time? Here, go ahead and roll call. Senate Joint Resolution Number 11, third reading, roll call. Anderson? No. Baldwin? No. Barlow? Aye. Beitman? Aye. Boner? Aye. Bouchard? No. Brennan? Aye. Aye. Case? Aye. Cooper? Aye. Dockstetter? No. Ellis? French? No. Furphy? Aye. Guru? No. Hicks? Aye. Hutchings? No. Eyed? No. No. Jones? Aye. Kinski? Aye. Cole? Aye. Landon? No. Larson? Aye. McEwen? No. No. Nethercott? Aye. Pappas? Aye. Rothfuss? No. Salazar? Aye. Schuler? Aye. Scott? No. No. Steinmetz? No. Ellis? Excused. President Driscoll? Aye. Aye. Closing vote. Closing vote closed. Senate Joint Resolution Number 11, 17 aye, 13 no, one excused. Having received the affirmative vote of the majority of the members elected to the Senate, Senate Joint Re Resolution 11, Convention of States, has passed the Senate. Thanks so much, Andrew and Rita. And what a great show. Boy, we need to pray for probably our most conservative per capita state in the nation, Wyoming, that we can get Wyoming across the finish line this year. If it, if it happens, it's because of you guys on the other side of the camera, all the hard work you're doing. You guys have heard the stories. Hopefully you're praying. Hopefully you are making things happen. Let me give you right now our trivia question answer. If you remember in the beginning, this was what we are giving away, the COS pocket knife. It is so cool. I love this knife. It's got cysted open. It is made for cutting cord or seat belts, glass break tool. I keep this with me everywhere. I hope you're the one that won it. 
because I love carrying that thing around. And if you didn't, you can go to shopconventionestates.com and you can get one right now for 18 bucks. What a killer deal. Go ahead and grab one of those knives or maybe you already did. Maybe you already answered our question of the day. And this one, again, thank you, courtesy G, who does so much being behind the scenes, making sure everything happens, making sure everybody's on cue, making sure everybody has everything they need. A real hat tip to you, Producer G, for another great show, a countless great show. So here's my question. Last week was the birthday of our 40th president. Who was that president? And if you're wondering why we happen to be bringing this into COS Live, you probably remember the hint I gave, which is because he said, fortunately, our nation's founders gave us the means to amend the Constitution through action of state legislatures. Unless we act quickly, the people in the White House and those running Congress will bankrupt America. And boy, that is happening. The answer, Ronnie, Ronald Reagan, his birthday was February 5th. He supported an Article 5 Convention of States to impose fiscal restraints on the federal government. Fiscal restraints is one of the three planks in our Article 5 application, which 19 states have agreed to thus far and has been introduced in addition to an additional 18 states this year. It's really exciting to know that Wyoming is on the cusp. We have lots of other states. Make sure you go to conventionstates.com, check in on the news, see what's happening. If you haven't signed our petition, if you just happen to be moseying about here and you, you caught your interest that we can actually save this nation and that your job is not to throw shoes at the television, go to conventionstates.com, sign our petition, and then just simply go to uh, our volunteer section and see what you can do. Be a volunteer. Take action. That's what you want to do. Go to the Take Action tab, and you too can make a difference in this world. You can be one of the many people that will save this nation using our Constitution. Thanks so much for having me, and back to you, Andrew. Thanks, Mike. We do this show every week to reach, teach, and activate Americans with the constitutional empowerment gifted to we the people. It's up to you and me to make it happen. Don't expect someone else to get the job done. The founders intended for you to be part of this process and bypassing Congress to restore our American Republic. If you're ready to take your place among the Americans who are doing whatever it takes to restore the Republic, sign up for one of the volunteer roles with COS. Go to conventionofstates.com and click the Take Action tab to get started. And please do not forget to subscribe to our social media accounts. Search Convention of States on Rumble. MeWe, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Parlor, Truth Social, and Instagram. You can listen to this program. You can listen to Crossroads with our very own Rita Peters. You can listen to the Liberty Update and legacy content on our Convention of States podcast. Just search Convention of States wherever you podcast from. Please, release, uh, please give us a five-star review. If you haven't done so, it helps us grow the show. It helps us get more people informed and aware of Convention of States. Check out the battle cry with COS president and co-founder Mark Meckler. It's on at 8 p.m. Eastern time every single Sunday. And we can't wait to see you back for another episode of COS Live at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Until then, we have a country to save, so we have to get back to work. 
This has been the podcast version of COS Live. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod. Thank you for listening.